checking on his stick. We are Chicken on a Stick. Okay, welcome to another episode of Chicken on a Stick. Welcome, welcome. Today is a Maggie choice. This was my decision. <laughs> Very kind of surprising. Uh, but it is 2017's Baby Driver. I don't know what compelled me to want to do this. I just It just popped into my head and I was like, I really like that movie. And it's been a long time since I've seen it. So we should do that. And it's it's also like one of the one of I'm not like a big action movie person or you know scary movies is kind of my bread and butter but I don't know I really really I really thought this would be a good one to do. And we'll get into it in just a second. Mm-hmm. Questions. I got a question, doc. Why would I believe phones over here hear the goddamn word you said? You lay down your whole play. He ain't even listening. Baby? The target is an armored truck at Perimeter Trust in Dunwoody, 10 a.m. sharp. We have the details of the route because someone at the depot has a nasal problem. The bank itself is right near the Buford Highway, so we should be able to hit the ramp within 60 seconds of getting out. We also have a diversion crew. They're gonna blow up a bread truck a ways away, keep the fuzz busy. The dress code is the Michael Myers Halloween mask, but don't all buy your mask at the same time. It looks suspicious. The switch car is ready, but you want me to hit the long state parking structure at Hartsfield Jackson to get a heist vehicle that stays colder longer? Boost a commuter car, family car, something that blends in well with morning traffic. Something on the heavy side, in case we need to ram the cops off the road to Escalade, Yukon, Avalanche, whatever. It needs to be ready for an 8.30 start in the AM. Questions? Well, ain't y'all cute? That's my baby. Okay, so Baby Driver. Baby Driver. Is wrote and directed by Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. Very well known in the movie world over the last, I don't know, like d- decade or two. Mm-hmm. Maybe two, two decades at this point, nearly. Uh, mostly for his Cornetto trilogy, which is Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, uh, and yeah. at, the, at World's End. All great movies. Um, as well as. And this one's more of a mixed review. Some people just don't like it. Other people love it. I personally find it a really good movie. And that's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Baby Driver, which we'll be talking about in a couple years ago, Last Night in Soho. That's right. That is the same guy. I love all of those movies. Yeah. He also did one called The Fistful of Fingers in 1995. Never heard of it before. Never heard of that. Never seen it. Maybe some point in the future I will try and find it just to be like I've seen all of his movies. Yeah, just for the sake of it. Um, but Baby Driver, 2017 action film. Uh, it stars Ansel Elgort. Also, uh, who's mostly known from The Fault in Our Stars. Mm-hmm. And what was the other big one that he did? I feel like there was another love story that he did. I don't know. I I have no idea. I was introduced to him in... Divergent? Divergent, yeah, that was it. Sure. I was introduced to him uh, from The Fault in Our Stars. 
He was also in the most recent West Side Story. That's right. Very good singer. Um, Also stars Lily James, John Hamm. I'm going to totally butcher her name, but I'm going to assume it's Isa Gonzalez, Jamie Foxx, John Barenthal, and Kevin Spacey. And Kevin Spacey. Womp womp. (laughs) (laughs) I totally forgot he was in this. Uh, I mean, I guess it, it's worth touching on very briefly. Uh, I, we won't necessarily have to talk about it or get into it here, but I'm a very firm believer in separating the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I find debates and discussions about if they're still profiting off of something that's like a negative thing. Right. Uh, I think that's sort of a, your because of one person you're hurting multiple people Mm -hmm. this is not a kevin spacey movie kevin spacey is just in this movie yeah everybody else and everybody else is doing a great job Mm -hmm. the movie's great support it buy it okay he's gonna get a few dollars off of it yeah cry me a river um if, if you're gonna completely cut off Kevin Spacey movies out of your life, I feel bad for you because he's in some fantastic movies. And he's a fantastic actor. He's a shitty person. You leave it at that. He's a terrible, awful person. But um, he's just some some amazing films. Uh, And this happens to be at more or less the end of his journey as an actor, basically. The end of his positive... I did once say, when all of this stuff coming out against him, he was supposed to be in a movie called... Oh, is that um, where they replaced him? Like, All the Money in the World or something, Mm -hmm. I think is what it was called. And he filmed all of his scenes in it, because he was a supporting cast member in that movie. But they replaced him with somebody else. And I told a friend after I saw the movie, I go, I don't think... I was like, I'm not sure Kevin Spacey would have been made the movie any better. Because yeah. I don't think the movie was that good. Yeah. And the guy's like, you can't say that. Of course it's better for not having him. I was like, I don't know. Because his the role was yeah, so was minor, like... I don't think it would have fucking mattered. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, don't, anyway. I, don't, I don't think so. But I, I agree. Shitty guy. Don't like him as a human being. But they, he's got some movies that I've, you know, enjoyed and... Yeah, you just you gotta make that separation sometimes. Not sometimes, basically always. Because if you're not gonna make that separation, stop using half the things you use on the internet. Stop yeah. watching TV shows and movies, and even if you like certain paintings, like I don't think you people realize how shitty a lot of these people yeah. were in history. Yeah. Like you think what Kevin Spacey did, awful. Some of the people in the past that you probably really like, much worse. <laughs> Way worse. <laughs> much worse. It's unfortunate, but, you know, it is what it is. I still, I still enjoyed the movie, and I'm glad that I, I picked this one. So, um, might as well just get into it. Yeah. The general synopsis for this is we follow a character codenamed Baby. Baby. Who is a getaway driver for this little... Uh, basically for a central figure, mm-hmm. uh, codenamed Doc, played by Kevin Spacey. And he, Doc, always puts a little crew together with Baby as the driver to rob, like, banks and other things, and then splits the profits. And 
basically, we're just kind of along for his journey as he meets and starts to fall in love with this girl and sort of questions his situations in life and his career yeah. choice of robbing banks, robbing I guess. Banks. And how old is he's How old in this? Like, I don't know. How would I know? Why would I know how old he I is? I can't in remember this? if they said or not how old he. How was. old his character is? Yeah. No, I don't think they ever once said how old he is. I'm gonna assume he was probably roughly his own age of like 25 or something. Yeah. 23, 24, 25. Right. Um. Yeah. He's old enough to have a job. He's old and enough. And a driver's license. Well. I think they actually mentioned he might not have a driver's license, but he was old enough to quite literally have a job, so he right. had to have at least been 18. Um, something really interesting that I read was that um, the director of photography, Bill Pope, called the movie a postmodern musical, uh, saying that there's not singing and dancing in the street, but the world acts to music. So every like mannerism that is happening or, or certain things are happening they're going along with the music which would make it a little bit of a musical yeah well the movie is very big on the music mm -hmm. uh, the action stunt work with the cars mm -hmm. and also colors Yes. Which, that carries over from all of his other movies. The Cornetto trilogy mm -hmm. is all viewed in, like, certain color schemes and stuff. Uh, and, and it's tied to certain colors or ice cream flavors or whatever. That's why it's mm -hmm. called the Cornetto thing. Carries over into this, very colorful and everything. And Scott Pilgrim, before this, is also... <clears throat> That's a very colorful movie. Uh, not necessarily a musical, but is very heavy with music and also very vibrant colors and right. things. Um, so anyway, might as well just hop right into it. There, I, there's another fun fact. What's, what is your fun fact? Um, his character throughout the movie, for the most part, is wearing earbuds. And actually, uh, when the music is, when we're watching him listen to music, you're only hearing it out of, um, a certain side. Like they like when you went to the movie theater and the music was playing, it would only be playing on like say the left side or the right side. I don't remember that. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. I but you know that was so many years ago. I definitely very, don't remember in theaters whatever. Very long but, time ago. Um, it is interesting. Mm -hmm. So uh, the movie opens. We see a car pull up uh, and. We see this kid sitting in the front seat, and he starts to play some music on his iPod as these three people get out of his car, all dressed in black. Like, I don't think you could look more like you're going to rob a bank yeah. than these three do. Very, very <clears throat> robber-looking. And also, his I, his black iPod was just such a little kick in the nostalgia. It was like one of those big, fat ones. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's right, iPod. <laughs> Those were the days. I don't even think those were, like... Were those still the thing in 2017? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I think it just... It's, it's just his old thing. style thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it makes more sense to the... When we get to it in the story, mm -hmm. but... Yeah, and like I said, in 2017, I don't think iPods were even coming out anymore. I don't think so. Um, so, he's 
kind of dancing in the car, listening to some music, and we see in the background the three start to rob a bank. Mm -hmm. And they jump into his car, and the three uh, with him are John Hamm's character, John Barenthal's character, and Isa Gonzalez's character. Um, like I said, I'm probably totally butchering her name. Um, but their character names, it's, it's Buddy, Darling, and Griff are the character names. Griff. Yeah. So, they get into the car and we get this just amazing, like, driving sequence. Such a cool scene. The brilliant stunt work, uh, and shot so well at this point, where... He's just kind of going in and out of the city. I think it's uh, Atlanta. This takes place in Atlanta. So they're going in and out of Atlanta, and they're doing these just awesome moves of, like, my brain doesn't even quite comprehend how they twist and turn cars in such a way to literally drift around two moving things back to back and in and out and drive reverse and and all this stuff. It's insane. And I, I had to look it up, too. I was curious. The, this baby's car is a it is a Subaru, a red 2006 Subaru Impreza WRX. Um, the filmmaker set up several special Subarus to shoot the movie, um, including one WRX the crew converted from Subaru's signature AWD drivetrain to RWD, whatever that means. But anyway, it's a really cool little red car. You don't know what? RWD means? No. I'm pretty sure that's rear wheel drive. I have I have no <laughs> idea. That means like the, the back wheels do the oh. heavy. I'm not a car I'm lady. not a car person either, <laughs> but I, I know I know what certain things mean. Anyway, it's Don't it's, you know four wheel drive is always f- number four W D? Yes. Four wheel drive? I have that. Right? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway, I just love the fact that this car, it's not, it's not like too flashy in, you know, a lot of like car chase scenes in movies or car movies, you're getting like Lamborghinis and Porsches and like crazy luxury cars. I love that this just kind of looks like, I don't know. I feel like I'd, well, that's the point. I drive. Yeah. He, he literally steals the cars. Yeah. So it's I not just, his car. He st- stole it from somewhere. I just like the car. <laughs> um, so after this just amazing opening mm-hmm. music shot where he is outrunning these cops, he gets on the highway, he just coincidentally enough sees two other red cars that look yeah. similar to his, and he gets with them, and they go under an underpass, and he s- gets them to switch places, and... The helicopter doesn't seem to notice that the one car with a spoiler broke off and the other cars don't have it, so somehow he tricks them that way. But they come up to a parking garage, they get out of that car, get into another car, head back to the hideout. It was was also really good. He was doing some um, lip syncing to the music that he was listening to, and I thought that the way that he did it was pretty cool. And would you like one more interesting fact? Um, uh, Ansel Elgort, he actually got to keep the car from the movie, that red car. Um, he was able to keep it, and he keeps it at his parents' house in a very humble little town in Ohio. And so, whenever he goes, I follow him on social media, and I remember, um, 
back during the holidays, he said that uh, whenever he goes home to visit his family, he takes it out for a little joyride. And everyone is none the wiser. So there you go. You don't think anybody recognizes it? Probably now. But <laughs> um, I thought that was really cool. I'm glad he got to keep it. So at this point, we cut to the next morning, and we see Baby coming out of, like, a random house, uh, apartment building type place, and he's listening to music, kind of dancing along, goes and gets some coffee. While he's in the coffee shop, he notices this girl walk by, Mm -hmm. um, and he orders four coffees, and he shows up at the hideout. When he comes in, we see Doc for the first time cutting up the money. And Baby gives uh, Griff, Buddy, Darling, Doc, all a coffee. No coffee for himself. He just sits in the back quiet. And at this point, Griff is trying to figure out what's the deal with Baby. Why is he always listening to music and just sitting in the car? Um, Why is he so quiet? He he takes off a pair of his sunglasses while he's getting in Baby's face. And Baby just pulls out other sunglasses. That was pretty funny. Why he is carrying multiple sh- uh, pairs of sunglasses with him, I just don't understand. He's prepared for any situation. <laughs> I guess. That must have happened more than once Yeah, f- for that case. Um, we get here as well. Um, Doc is basically just like, look, I put this team together. Mm-hmm. I trust him. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Shut up. Deal with it. Everybody takes their money and leaves. Griff says at this point, he says, well, if you don't see me again, I've, I'm dead. Yeah. Um, he doesn't show up again in the movie, so maybe he's yeah, dead. I guess or he is. if we eventually get a sequel that has been talked about having interest in being done, maybe John Barenthal will come back because he's not doing Punisher or Walking whatever Dead. other shows he was in at the time. He definitely wasn't in The Walking Dead at, in 2017. Was that already done? He only did two seasons of it. Oh. I don't know. He, he was not in that show for, for, for super long. No. Um, so, we find out here as well that Doc is taking money from Baby. Yeah. Baby's still getting a little bit, but like a very small cut. Mm-hmm. And it's because he owes Doc money for some reason. Right. We don't find out at this point why, but he owes owes him money. And mm-hmm. he says, look, you got, like, one more job, and then we're square. Yeah, we're done. Uh, and Baby takes that as one more job, and I'm out. Yeah. I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah, you do get the sense that there's something he's holding over his head, and he's doing the best that he can and going along with things. Um, it It's kind of weird, too, because at one point I almost felt like they had sort of like a dad and son vibe going but then and then I didn't think that I don't know I kind of went back and forth on that (laughs) I couldn't tell if he was like protective over him and nice to him or just blackmailing him and gaslighting him I I I think it's the first one yeah especially when we get to to it towards the end maybe I'll talk about it a little bit more but um, most of the characters in this or like the central sort sort of characters in the story, which is really um, Baby, Buddy, and and Doc mm-hmm. are kind of like they're not one note sort of flat characters or anything. Right, right. Someone like uh, Bats, who will come up soon, Jamie Foxx's character and Darling are kind of basic one note 
you get what you get with them yeah. sort of characters. But they're not central to... Well, Darnling is a little bit more central to the plot, but mm-hmm. um, Bats really isn't, so he can be whatever. John Barenthal's character is in it for 15 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, Joe, who will be introduced in a moment, similar. Doesn't really do much to yeah. the story or anything. Um, I did I did make a note of... <laughs> I can never remember his name. John Barenthal. Right, John Barenthal. I wrote, I made a note, uh-oh, there he is. Also, yikes, he just said a hard R. Walking Dead guy plays such a great asshole. Uh, hard R means something differently, usually. Does it? He says, he makes a comment about someone being... Being s- slow. Slow, yes, that's what I meant. And Doc says, was he slow? No, he's fast. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hard hard R usually means another word that starts with an N. Oh, no. Yeah, no, that's not. <laughs> he doesn't say That's it. not what you mean. That's not what I meant. <laughs> um, we see at this point, Baby is storing the money that he's getting. He's hiding him <laughs> under a floorboard in this little apartment that he lives in, where he's caring for an old deaf man named Joe. Yeah. And we'll, we'll learn later on, but it's really kind of small, is that Joe uh, was the foster parent mm-hmm. for Baby um, after he had an accident. Yes. And the old man knows that he's hiding money, knows that he's doing something sort of criminally. Sketchy. Um, he's watching the news, and he sees, like, there's, a, like, one of the street light. Like cameras CCTV thing. caught a picture of him yeah and he knows that it's baby and he's just he's signing to him like you need to be done with this get yeah. out of this you're a good kid and he's sign baby signing back like one more job and i'm done i promise um and it's so it's so sweet to see how he cares for this man you know he's making him sandwiches cut special without the crust and he's you know making sure he's comfortable and he's got a blanket on him and Things like that. So you're really getting to see that Baby, while he is in this lucrative business, he, when it comes down to it, is a very caring and empathic, compassionate person. Yeah. Um, And we also see at this point the Baby carries a recorder on him where he records the meetings. And he recorded the moment where John Barenthal's, where Griff... Uh, asks if he's slow, and then Doc is like, was he... No, he wasn't slow, or yeah. whatever whatever it is that he says. And he takes these recordings, and he mixes them into songs of his own creation. Like a little... Like a DJ. Just yeah. reworking them, remixing them, putting them to music, so that they sound cool. Yeah. And he, we see that he's got tons of tapes, like loads and loads like, of cassette cassette tapes. Like a hundred at least. Yeah, probably. Just a big, just a big old um, organized system of tapes. Most importantly, is the one that says "Mom" on it. And that's all it says. And we get a flashback at this point of showing young baby in the back seat of a car, his parents in the front arguing, yeah. as they crash into the back of an eighteen wheeler. Yeah. Just so final destination. He was though. listening to music while this crash happened. Right. Did you just say final destinationing them? Yeah. I don't think that's quite the same. 
You, I'm terrified of flying into the back of the 18-wheeler. Well, pay attention to the road and that won't happen. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Don't take your eyes off the road. But yeah, it's it's such a sad moment to to see. But at least we're getting background on why Baby is the way that he is. Yes. We also, at this point, um, then cut to Baby at a diner. Um, and he's at this diner, and he's just sitting there, and then we see a girl come over and ask, like, can I get you a coffee or whatever, whatever? And it's the girl that we had seen when he got earlier when he got the coffee. Yeah. So he's kind of creepily stalking her, but not really... I think it's in a cute way. The cute kind of stalking. He overhears her singing. She's singing a song uh, saying, Be a be my baby. She's like, while she's cleaning, she's just kind of like humming and singing to herself, like under her breath, and he, he picks up on it. Yes. And he, uh, when she's like, What? Can I get you anything? Um, or when they're talking a little bit, he tells her that he's a, he's a driver. Um, she tells him that she just wants to kind of drive off into the sunset and escape this town sort of thing. Just yeah. drive west endless, endlessly. Um, he calls her beautiful at one point. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, lets it slip. It's so, so cute. I love their interaction and I love their chemistry because he is so immediately intrigued by her after hearing her, you know, singing. Um, and yeah, he just, he absolutely just falls in love immediately. Um, we end up seeing him at one point, he goes to buy a vinyl record of the, the song that she was singing. Yeah. Which is so cute. Yeah. He asks her what the song is and, uh, goes out the very next day to buy it on, uh, an album of it. And takes it home and puts it on the record play player and him and his Oh, and he's dancing with Joe. Yeah, yeah, him and the uh, elderly man are just dancing together. And it's so cute because he is just absolutely on cloud nine. Like, this is such a break from the, you know, the, the basically, you know, crime that he's doing and the seedy people that he's interacting with. He's getting this little breath of fresh air of a genuinely delightful girl who just seems so positive. She kind of has like this Disney princess vibe about her. And he's, yeah, he's just so excited to have a change of pace. And then we cut to the next day, uh, or the next meeting he's going to at least, mm -hmm. uh, for the next crime thing. So we meet a new crew, because again, Doc does not work with the same people other than Baby. Right. Not back to back to back at least. Never the same crew, he says that. And... We meet the new crew, and this includes Bats, who's played by Jamie Foxx, mm -hmm. um, another guy, and then two other, well, two other people. Mm -hmm. One of them being Flea, the bassist from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, that's right. That was so funny to realize. Um, during this, whenever Doc's kind of going over the bank job, Bats realizes that Baby's got headphones in mm -hmm. and he's got glasses on, and he's like, what? He's not even listening. What's wrong with him? And this is where we find out that he's got uh, tinnitus. Yeah. Um, so he's got a little hum in his drum, I think is what he says. A little 
So Baby hears a little buzz constantly, and he uses the music to kind of drown it out. Right. He got that after getting into the car accident with his parents. Right. Um, we also learn that Doc found Baby because he watched Baby steal one of his cars in the past mm-hmm. and saw him drive off and just saw how good he was. So instead of, like breaking his arms or legs or hurting his family or whatever. He brought him into this as a driver yeah. because of how good he was. Um, so now, and that's why he owes him money is because right. he stole and crashed the car or whatever it was. He owes him a debt. Yeah. But it, the, this, scene is, this scene is so great because Jamie Foxx's character is just so dead set that he is not paying attention. He doesn't care about what he's doing. He's just... A dumb kid sitting in the back with his arms folded and we, we get to see a moment where basically baby's baby takes you know the, the earbuds out and reiterates to the T every single thing that was said proving like I had my headphones in but I heard everything I've got this down to a T in my brain well so, he lip reads yeah and he lip reads so you know fuck you yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Don't uh, test me. D- during the meeting, they are told that they're going to get the Michael Myers mask from Halloween. That was hilarious. The movie Halloween. And when they go to do the job the next day, <laughs> they get this big, like, SUV-type vehicle. Yeah. And when the three are going to put on the masks, they're handing out the masks, and the guy goes... These were supposed to be Michael Myers masks. And the guy goes, this is Mike Myers. And it's the actor, right. Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Uh, it's like an Austin Powers mask. Yeah. And that was hilarious. he's like, no, from Halloween. He's like, these are Halloween masks. <laughs> um, the story behind that, something along the lines of they couldn't get the rights to use yeah. actual Michael Myers masks. Um, and Edgar Wright or someone in some way knew Mike Myers and pitched to him using his likeness sort of as like a fun joke and apparently he thought it was hilarious and was like do it i think that is pretty do funny it. it is very funny <laughs> um, very good call so they're robbing an ar- armored truck this time uh not a bank or anything so an armored truck like a brinks brinks i do not know like a brinks truck yeah something like that and when they get out to go do it, Baby kind of notices that there's this truck that's sort of, like, pulled in mm-hmm. to a parking spot and is sort of watching them a little bit. Um, so they go to do it, and they're about to get back into the car, and Baby notices that maybe one of the armed security guards was, like, he's bleeding, so he must have been, like, hit really hard or something. Mm-hmm. And as they go to try and leave, that truck hits him from the side. Yeah. Um, and the driver of it pulls out a gun to start shooting at them. So he's like an undercover cop or like a retired, like a vet. I think we find out that he was like a veteran or yeah. something who just happened to be there. Just there. Which, uh, it's okay. Um, Max got a little excited about uh, people outside. He, he's, still, he's, he's still getting used to... Whenever the gate opens, he's trying to get used to understanding that it's not always someone coming to the the house. Yeah. Like, people just are going by. It's not always us. So, anyway, sorry about that. 
Um, so this truck driver is basically chasing them around. There's kind of a shootout sort of going on. And at one point, they get on the highway and the truck driver follows them. The truck driver, they're next to an 18-wheeler and he kind of fishtails them. Yeah. And they get stuck the uh, front of the SUV they're in, kind of gets under the Mm 18-wheeler. And the trucker is pushing them along. Yeah. And Bats pulls up his shotgun ready to shoot the guy like, I got you. And Baby sees it and Baby does a turn Mm -hmm. to make it to where he doesn't shoot and kill the guy. Um, And then he kind of goes off-roading and the truck tries to follow and the truck ends up like barrel rolling over so he can't follow anymore. And they escape. Again, they go to like a parking garage. Mm -hmm. They split into two different vehicles this time and head back. Um, Oh no, actually that's not true. They, They... steal a car from an old lady who's got the front not an old lady from a lady who's got a baby in the back seat right and this is where the one guy in the thing says he forgot his gun he left his gun behind and then they get to a parking garage split up and leave i think they make it now don't all 18 wheelers have like flaps now Mm -hmm. nowadays on the side so that a car couldn't possibly go underneath it yeah that's good yeah. It's very... Well, I don't... I mean, I assume that that's why they made it, but I don't know the specifics of why yeah. most have that. I would assume so. I don't know. It was very fast in the Furiousy. Yeah, very fast in the Furiousy. <laughs> um, Jamie Foxx, at one point, when they're driving, does tell Baby that if you... The moment you catch feelings is when you catch a bullet. Yep. In this line of work, because he asked Baby, like, did you make me miss my shot? Yeah. Like, did you purposely do that? And Baby's like, mm-hmm, no. I was just getting us out of there. Um, so we go again to sort of the next morning thing, thing we've seen before. Baby goes and gets coffee, brings the coffee in. Four coffees, plops one down in front of Bats, pops one down in front of Doc, mm-hmm. one in front of Flea, and then one at an empty seat. Yeah. And... Um, JD, one of the robbers, is not there. And Bats just says he's long gone. Like, he took his money and he left. Yeah. Is sort of what it's insinuating. Um, when they finish the meeting, um, babe, they're all riding an elevator, kind of let getting off and leaving, and Baby and Doc go get off together, and Baby sees, hanging out of the trunk, like a hand. Yeah. And Doc goes over, opens it, it's JD, he was killed. Yeah, he did. He tosses the body, closes it, tells Baby to go take care of it. And Baby drives this car to a, uh, like a, a scrapyard. Yeah. And gets the car crushed into, like, a cube. Um, I feel like I've seen this sort of thing happen in many movies, and I don't know how, like, logistically it would work, or how, like, dead bodies work in this situation. But I would think if you crushed a car with a body in it, would there not just, like, would you not see blood, like, splattered all over the place? I would think so. I... That is... It's a fascinating question. (laughs) Is it? I don't want to... I mean, I don't... If someone knows the answer, I don't, I don't think I want to talk to them. <laughs> yeah. uh, we also, at this point, uh, baby's all square. 
Yeah. Um, he's paid back what he owes for the car to Doc. He's square at this point. Everything's all good. We get another flashback to his mother, and we see that she's in, like, a recording studio, so mm-hmm. she was singing. Yeah. Um, and we also see her gifting him an iPod and being abused by his dad. Yeah. So, That's... some happy memories, some shitty memories. Yeah. So we're just getting a little, little bit of um, additions to his story uh, to understand his, his yeah. character. He then goes back to the diner. Just as the girl is about to leave, and he asks to go with her, and she's like, well, I don't think it'll be much fun. Yeah. Um, he finally gets her name, that it's Deborah. They have a little conversation that, like, there are tons of songs about Deborah's, um, and she asks him what his name is, and he says, Baby, even though we are, are aware that it's a code name. Right. Uh, and she's like, well, you lucked out. Every song's about Every baby. Every song's got a baby in it. Every song's about a baby. <laughs> Um, so they end up going to the laundry mat together, mm-hmm. and they're just listening to music together, having a good time. Vibing with each other. Um, she reveals at this point when he kind of mentions that, like, he was, there was a bad accident, his parents died, all that sort of stuff, she reveals that her mother also died, mm-hmm. um, and so they've got, you know, even more of a connection yeah. to what's going on. And then it's a very unfortunate thing to have in common. Yeah. Um, they kind of go their separate ways. Baby's sort of happy. He, he's telling Joe that he's free. He doesn't yeah. need to do that work anymore. Joe tells him, then you need to get a real job. And he holds up a little, like, pizza flyer. Yeah. Um, you might think of, like, to go get pizza, but no, to go get a jo- job. Because what do pizza places need? Drivers. Delivery drivers. <laughs> so there's a d- dumb little quick joke in there where he's, like, delivering some pizzas. And the guy's like, whoa, that was fast. And he's like, I know. I know. You got here really quick. I'm, I'm, I'm quick. I'm a good My driver. real question is, does he is he stealing cars to do the deliveries? I didn't think about that. That's a good question. I don't... Surely not. I don't, he's never driving the same car in any of the things. That is also true. Or or maybe there's like a company car, I guess, yeah, could be possible. Yeah, maybe company, company car. Also, if he... I feel like there's a line about him not having a driver's license. And if he doesn't have a driver's license... Yeah. How was he hired to be a driver to begin with? Yeah, I think there was a comment that he didn't have a license. Which Very is weird. confusing. <laughs> Um, he then takes Deborah out to a fancy restaurant for a date. All, all of this money that he's been saving and keeping, um, in his floorboard that he's not spending on himself. He doesn't even, you know, like you said, not even buying himself a coffee. He's saving every little bit of it. And now he's finally going to use a tiny bit of it on a fancy night on the town with her. Yeah. And as they're having this lovely evening at a probably paid way too much for whatever you had there like a fancy steakhouse (laughs) (laughs) it's probably fancier than that um the waiter comes over and says hey everything was paid for by this gentleman over at the bar or whatever wherever and he looks over and it's doc doc sort of like waves at him like hey and you're like oh shit he all of a sudden knows like oh shit something's up um he's just been sitting there like watching them have a delightful date 
And <laughs> I don't know that he was watching them. It could have just been like he was there and then looked over and happened to notice them. But I felt really bad too because I feel like he was really excited to actually spend his money on something fun and then this dude like took it away. Yeah. Which then also makes her have questions about who that is. Right. So Baby goes over to talk to Doc uh, and they have a little bit of conversation where Doc basically says... You didn't think you were done, did you? Mm-hmm. He's like, we're we're square, but this is the fun bit. This is where you're actually going to start making a real profit. And tells him that there's a job coming up. And basically says something along the lines of like, look, you, you don't want to get on my bad side. Or you yeah. don't want to know what happens when people say no. Because yeah. I know, you know, I can get to your girlfriend. I can get to Joe. Mm-hmm. I know all of this stuff about you. Basically threatening him to, if you don't do this, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll break big, your legs. Big time blackmail. And he's very nonchalant and <clears throat> blasé about it. You know, you, you don't have a choice. Yeah. You have to do, I own you, basically, is what that equaled to. And, uh, and again, we're seeing baby trying to figure out in his head how to explain this situation to someone outside of the bubble, Deborah. You don't gotta explain it. All you gotta do is kiss. All you gotta do is kiss. That's all that matters. They kiss. They do kiss. Everything's happy. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably, you know, indicative of him being like, okay, I'm coming up with an escape plan for yeah. this. I want to be with her. Seal the deal with a kiss. Yeah sort of situation like the, this isn't the life i want to live anymore i yeah. want to be with her i want to experience happy things and make happy memories and not do you know s- stuff that is against the law <laughs> mm-hmm. uh so basically the next day baby is with doc uh, and doc's showing him like an on location here's what we're doing yeah we're gonna rob this post office in there they've got envelopes or whatever it is that are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and it's an easy like million if we take four of them or something it's like a quarter of a million dollars per box or something and in the back seat is his nephew yeah he's he's just like now baby you go in there just take off your sunglasses take off your ipad stuff go in there you need to figure out how many cameras there are yeah how many armed guards how many registers there are how many are open how many tellers how many uh like customers just general information for this time of day so that we can plan basically and also take my nephew because it'll look less suspicious if you take and he's like all of what eight years what is eight years old eight years old yeah on just a little and he's like on like a like a switch or something or like a some yeah. sort of game boy or something i didn't really pay attention to what it was but he is on some sort of handheld system yeah so he in in almost the same way that baby had will have his music on and not pay attention but pay attention at the same time this kid is doing playing that. a game and doing something yeah. but also listening to everything that they're saying which I yeah because they they get in there and we see baby being not exactly subtle about staring at everything that's going on. Yeah. And while he's looking and sort of counting in his head, the little kid speaks up and goes, he's like, eight cameras, one security guard, four registers, yeah. three are open, ten customers or something. He just completely rain-mans him. He just says, <laughs> <laughs> he 
He just says everything that's going on. Um, so then they go up, and the whole thing was they had to buy some stamps. Yeah. And he buys some stamps from this uh, employee who seems really nice. They have, like, a little conversation. Um, he... <laughs> Uh, the little kid sort of speaks up and talks mm-hmm. in his little, like, charming sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Just this is where you find guy. out that he's eight, because she's like, oh, how old is he? And and, and baby's like, uh, b- four? <laughs> and he's like, eight. Eight. <laughs> eight. I'm eight years old. Not four. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Seems like something you should know. Yeah. Um, after this, uh, they get back into the car, and... and uh, baby tells Doc the information. Uh, the kid speaks up again, and Doc is just like, he's a chip off the old block. He, yeah. just, he like takes after me or whatever. Yeah. Um, baby ends up calling Deborah at her job. Uh, tells her, unfortunately, he has to drive again, even though he doesn't want to. Uh, but he wants to go west, like she said, and never look back. Um, and she's like, oh, yeah, really? And he's like, really? I'll, you know, I'll get back with you with more details. She, de- she definitely doesn't believe him at first. She's like, kind of like, ha ha, that's so funny, running away, you know, into the sunset in love. But yeah. he, you know, he, by the look on his face and his tone, how it changes, she realizes that he's serious. And she immediately thinks, you know, this is my white knight, you know, <laughs> yeah. or my knight in shining armor, you know, here to, to take me away. Um, so we get to the new job. Or we get to an introduction of the the crew who's going to do this job, and it's all familiar faces. Yep. We're seeing Buddy, John Hamm, Darling, uh, Isa Gonzalez. Totally saying her name wrong. I, I know it. Um, but they're a couple, so yep. they're always together. And Buddy they, and Darling. they also really, throughout that movie, need to be sprayed with a hose. They are just <laughs> constantly making out and just that's love on each other that's what love is they need a spray bottle that's that's true love they need to be hosed down um and then the third one is bats jamie fox yeah um we see at this point uh bats is kind of being shitty like always jamie fox is just like a complete shithead throughout the entire movie yeah which is he's great. a dick uh but john ham kind of tries to build a little bit of a relationship with baby he comes over and asks him what he's listening to asks him what his like go-to song for in the moment is and this is where he says it's brighton rock Mm -hmm. the queen song and uh buddy takes one of the headphones puts it in tells him to put on brighton rock they're listening to it uh jamie fox is like what are y'all listening to and they're like queen and he Mm -hmm. makes like a comment about queen and something else and john ham's like what, have you never been a wheelman? John Hamm basically says that he's he's been the driver before. Yeah. He had a song, a go-to song. And Bats is like, no, I don't, I don't, I got too many voices in my head already. I don't need that stuff. We, we definitely see that John Hamm's character, uh, up until now, is, he's got some sort of um, empathy for Baby. And he stands up for him when he's, when people are, trying to be shitty to him so he he definitely kind of does a boomerang or a back and forth of like making the the audience think oh i really like him oh i don't like him now oh no i like him again oh he's nice now <laughs> so up up until now i thought that his his character was pretty stand up uh so because of the job doc tells them they're all staying the night 
because they got to get some guns because this is a big job they got to go get some guns from doc's contacts so that night they're going to go get guns so they all go off to go get these guns they meet at like this abandoned factory Mm -hmm. house sort of thing uh and i feel like this was a clip in the trailer if i don't if i'm not mistaken but they all go in um bats hands baby a gun says look we all have to be holding guns yeah so we all look you know a certain way just trust me and they get in there and uh one of the guys who's there like arms dealers people's like don't i don't i know you to bats and he goes you're still alive so we must not have met before <laughs> and then they're like okay well what's that guy what's what's he doing what's and they're like he's just listening to music he's like what's he listening to and bats yeah. like i I don't know. And he walks over, grabs the headphones, he goes, Tequila. <laughs> da, 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 da. Tequila. Tequila. Yeah. That was a pretty funny thing. Um, so while we're here, uh, this little short guy in like a pure white suit comes out and he's talking, you know, in case like people are listening or whatever, he's talking about cuts of pork oh yeah uh, like, like the, the pork the, fat yeah from the head to the tail and everything in between but it's all it's different guns yeah. grenades ammunition whatever all this sort of stuff sent here and they're like so what would you how would you like your pig cooked or something yeah. like that or he's, he says something like along the lines of like how do you like your pigs and jamie fox says uh like a real quick quip of um like roasted or something and then he shoots the guy causing a shootout killing everybody there and buddy and everybody's like what the fuck why'd you do that and he's like i can i know a pig that guy arrested me in 1995 like he clocks the other guy as a uh as a cop undercover cop and realizes that all of them must have been cops so they kill all of them take some of the guns and stuff and leave uh, he, he does, I mean, he's, he's very aggressive, but he also does not clear anything with the rest of the group. No. He's just like a... Oh, no, you know what I think he said? Smoked. smoked. He likes his oh, pigs yeah. smoked. Yeah. So he, you know, because... He just, <laughs> he just carries himself like a little wild cowboy. He just... He does what he yeah. does in the moment, and he does not need your A-OK on it. Yeah, so as they're leaving, um, and they're trying to get out of there, Bats randomly sees a diner in the distance, goes, let's pull over, get something to eat. Mm. And Baby says no, like a real stern no. Yep. He says the food there sucks. Bats is like, well, now I want to go even more. Because he never pipes up about anything, right. and suddenly now he's piping up and saying, "I do not want to go to go there." So when they get into the diner, Deborah is working, and she notices Baby, and he just kind of like looks down and ignores her. All four of them go and sit down at this booth together, and she comes over and goes, "What can I get you?" And Bats goes, four cokes," and and but then he looks at Darling, who's Mexican, mm-hmm. and goes, "Ah, a coca." <laughs> so three cokes and a coca. Yeah. Um, so she goes to get those, and, uh, Bats is basically just kind of being a shitty person. Yeah. Um, and even, even Buddy 
is trying to get onto him, but Bats goes, I know you. Yeah. You, your life before this is you were probably like a Wall Street guy. Yeah. You started doing some drugs. The drugs started costing you too much. You started cheating on your wife with this lady. And now you rob people to keep your drug habit. Mm-hmm. But I have a drug habit, so I can rob people. We're different. It is such a, it's such a, a, a scene that like pisses you off. Like, because you can tell the tension. Um, you can feel Baby just absolutely wanting to jump out of his mm-hmm. skin and get out of there. And this is where uh, Darling also says, you need to be careful because you don't want to see my buddy mad. Yeah. Good line. Good line. And Baby is doing his best to try to make sure that they don't sense that he knows this waitress. Like, he doesn't want to make eye contact with her. He doesn't want to say anything. He wants... But Bats, Bats kind of picks up on it and yeah. asks asks him about it. And he's like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so they go to leave. And uh, Bats leaves first. And then Buddy and Darling. And uh, Baby is there, like, left to pay. And he goes up to the counter and he slides her a note that says, uh, Road trip, 2 a.m. Yeah. And then he leaves. I think, too, at this point, that she she caught on that he was uncomfortable with the people that he was with. Like, I, I sensed, like, in her facial expression that she knew not to say anything, you know, like, I don't know, tip them to something. Yeah. What are you smiling at? Your, your notes there that you didn't mention. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Oh, the Jamie Foxx character one? No, the shootout one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right, in the shootout scene where they they were talking about the the meat, the, the pig or whatever, I wrote down a note and said, the shootout scene, my dumbass would have thought they were actually talking about meats. <laughs> I was like... Are we really getting meat here? <laughs> you also asked, where'd they get a grenade from? And it's like, they showed like three different grenades. I forgot about that. Yeah, someone had a grenade. I was like, where did that pop up? My God. I also made a note too that um, uh, the boss, is, what's the boss's name? Doc. Doc. Uh, when he was, you know, trying to scare baby, you know, into doing this job, that he did make a comment like, your girl, your your girlfriend, or your girl. I mean, we want her to still be pretty, right? Like insinuating, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. insinuating, like I can make her not pretty anymore. Yeah. So that that added added to that. Um. Uh, at this point, after the diner, they show back up at the hideout, and Doc is sitting there. And Doc says, um, "Whenever my people do a deal, I always get a call." And I want to say the code word was like bananas. Yeah. And he's like, and I haven't heard any bananas. Mm-hmm. And Bats is like, there were cops. And they shot first, so we we took them out. Yeah. And he's like, I know they were cops. They were my cops. Insinuating yeah. that, yeah, where do you think I got all the weapons from? They're dirty cops who work for me. Yeah. You dumbass. Um, and he's like, is that true? Did they shoot first? And Buddy and Darling both say yes. Mm-hmm. And he looks to Baby and he's like, Baby, is that true? And... This is Baby's kind of 
uncertain of what to do, and he just kind of says yes. Um, and Doc is like, look, we're not doing this deal. There's going to be way too much heat because you guys killed a bunch of cops. Yeah. We're not doing it. Idiots. And Bats is like, no, we're still doing this. And and Buddy and Darling are also like, yeah, we're still in. And he, he leaves it up to, to Baby to decide. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the worst. And Baby says, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it because his plan was to just leave in the middle of the night anyway. So we'll do it. I'll leave. Who cares? Yeah. Um, just get it over and done with. I got a schedule and I got somewhere to be. Yeah. Uh, we do see that as Baby goes to leave, he goes around the corner and he's recorded their conversation again. Mm-hmm. And that night, he we also get like a little dream sequence of him and Deborah and like getting in a car and driving off in the distance. It's so cute. It's like black and white in yeah. like nineteen fifties kind of style. They're just they're dressed adorable and they're like so head over heels in love. It is such a cool sequence. I loved that. So cute. Cute. So cute. So cute. <laughs> um so he wakes up, it's two AM, he's going, he's kinda of sneaking past everybody. Uh, we see Jamie Foxx and Buddy and Darling who all look asleep, air quotes asleep. Mm -hmm. And as he's up, he gets in a car and he starts to drive. Buddy stops him. Yeah. And Buddy tells him, he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I was just making sure things are ready. Mm -hmm. Um, or no, he said he was going out to get coffee. And he goes like, at 2 Mm a.m.? At 2 in the morning? You're going to go get coffee? And Buddy goes, look, if you're going to run... Leave and never come back. Yeah. He's just kind of telling him, I can kind of tell it you want to get out of this, but if you do this, you cannot ever come back here. We can never see you again. Because it won't be good. And as he's doing that, into the passenger seat comes Bats. And Bats... That asshole. Shows that he found his recorder. Yeah. And this... You're just like, why? Why? He was pretending to be asleep. He was keeping an ear and an eye out on Baby, and now he is ruining the plan. Yeah, and he Baby tells them that I just make music with him, and Buddy goes, cops couldn't think of a that dumb of an explanation. Yeah. And he's like, I promise I can, I can go and I can get, I don't have him with me, but I can go and I can get him. And, uh, or Bats is like, take us to him. He's like, no, I'm not taking you because Joe's there. Yeah. Um, but he knocks him out anyway. Yep. And when Baby wakes back up, they had gone to the apartment, they brought back all of the recordings, Doc is there, and Doc's asking, what the hell is this? They dump out all the tapes, he plays the tape, which we'd heard earlier, which is the one where he's like, was he fast, or was he slow? Yeah. No, okay then. Um, to show that he does just make music with these recordings. Yeah. Um... It's such a it's such a vulnerable scene where he you know, he's genuinely trying to tell them, you know, what this is and it's not what you think and They also find the tape with Deborah's recording on it. Yes. And Bats and Buddy realize that that was the girl from the diner. Yeah. They're um, like, Oh, so that's why you weren't talking that night. When yeah. you were at the diner. Or that's why you didn't make eye contact with the waitress. Well, that's why you don't want us to go. Yeah. So, they still do the heist. 
They go in. Uh, Buddy and Darling are dropped off at the front entrance. They have these glasses on that are gonna... They have lights on them to blind the cameras to, Mm -hmm. like, kind of protect their face. Uh, so Buddy and Darling go into the front. Baby and Bats drive into the back. And Bats gets out and goes in the back. Baby's sitting here in the car. And in front of him, he sees a truck with some, like, steel rods in the back of it. But he then sees... The clerk that he spoke with the other day walking yeah. up and he looks at her and she recognizes him and kind of waves and he shakes his head like no like yeah, don't. don't don't go in there so she walks away and as she's walking away she brings back like a, a police officer yeah and the police officer is looking at him like what are you doing just as everybody's coming out the back bats shoots the officer or security guy they all get in the car, and they're like, go, 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 just go. And at this point, it's kind of, this is sort of the trigger for Baby totally deciding to take everything into his his own yeah. hands. And he floors it, driving the car straight forward into the back of the truck. The steel rods come through the window, killing bats. Um, who you think at this point is the big, what, like, that was the biggest threat to Baby, like, immediately. Yeah. They get out of the car. The buddy and Darling are like, what the hell are you doing? And the cops show up and there's a little shootout. Buddy and Darling shooting, killing some cops as Baby just runs away. And everybody else tries to run with them. And we get a cool little chase scene while they're all sort of running through this sort of the Atlanta through like a little park and yeah. some, some sort of busy areas. And eventually... Um, baby steals a car from an old lady and she's like oh my god oh my god and she hides behind a corner and baby's just sitting there changing the radio station to get to a song that he likes before he leaves and then he also spins the car around tosses her her purse and says I'm sorry and then takes off Um, so very you know very thoughtful for a criminal to take your car but make sure that you have your purse and your belongings and your money. So she was kind of like, oh. oh, okay. Now, during all of that at one point, uh, Baby goes through a mall. He kind of tries to put on a little disguise, but the cops are right behind him, so he sees him. Mm-hmm. He gets out into a parking lot. He steals a car. And as he's trying to escape, he bumps into a truck. Inside the truck, Buddy and Darling. Yeah. They get out, and they're like, you're, you're going to take us with you. And as they're doing that, the cops show up and there's a shootout again. And Darling is out in the open and she gets shot and killed. She and Buddy killed. sees this and he tries to shoot at Baby, but Baby takes off. He then starts shooting at some cops. Uh, that's when he hijacks that lady's car. Very, very sad to see her go. To... Oh, and the... Yes. Um... And I'll come, I want to start, I'll circle back around to that, because there's a lot I want to say about the character of Buddy in this. Mm -hmm. But the song that he picks on the lady's um, car is Radar Love. Love that song. Ever since, um, I want to say it was like Guitar Hero 3, maybe? Um, I have loved that song ever since. Uh, I used to play it it all the time. Um from a golden e- golden earring uh radar love fantastic song 
Um, so Baby, when he steals her car, he goes home. He doesn't, like, go to a hideout or anything. Yeah. He goes back home. He finds that his apartment was all ransacked all over the place. Joe is still alive. The money wasn't found. So he mm-hmm. takes the money and he takes Joe. And he... Um, also, if you if the, if this picks up on the microphone, it is pouring rain. Yeah. So <laughs> It might be raining. If you hear that in the background, there you go. It's raining pretty hot. We can be silent for a minute and let you get some like rain Ooh, to ASM- fall asleep to. ASMR. Yeah. Just put it up against the window. Yeah. I want you to have that. That's probably really annoying sound. <laughs> Moving the microphone around. I, I looked at YouTube. I've watched YouTube videos at night that are rain yeah. sounds in, in fireplaces. Not for me. No. no. You need dead silence. Yes. <laughs> anyway. I'll get my best sleep when I'm dead. Because uh, then I can't hear anything. Don't. <laughs> uh, so Baby takes Joe and the money, and he drops him off at like a elderly home like a care facility he puts him into a rocking chair on the porch stuffs a bunch of money in his little uh sweater or whatever he's wearing what are those called cardigan cardigan yep um and then he makes a recording saying my name is joseph uh i'm this i don't like this i don't like that since he's deaf just give them a little something about who he is and then he leaves and as he leaves there's a uh police helicopter out there looking saying everybody stay in your homes Mm -hmm. and joe just says he like signals to him good luck yeah like good luck you're not gonna find him good luck love Uh, joe's character baby then shows up at the diner to go get deborah he had called earlier to tell them that he's on his way Mm -hmm. and when he walks in we see at the counter buddy yeah having a cup of coffee and so he goes and sits down next to Buddy. And Buddy... Um, they have, like, a little conversation here. And Buddy asks, do you love her? Yeah. And Baby says yes, that it's he very, loves her. It's very tense. And then a cop car shows up. And an officer comes in and goes to the bathroom. And as he goes to the bathroom, and Buddy sort of lets his guard down, mm-hmm. he turns back around, and Baby the gun that he had from, you know, that he got from earlier, shoots Buddy in the shoulder Mm -hmm. and takes her, uh, takes Deborah, and they run out the back. Yeah. Um, Other people who were at the diner are, like, running out the back, too. Um, Taking cover. To take cover and go to the police and be like, he shot an officer, he shot an officer. And as the cop comes out of the bathroom, he's like, oh, dude, are you okay? Are you okay? Buddy turns and just kills him. Yeah. Um, uh, but Baby, while he was running, Buddy did say, you can keep running, I will find you. Yeah. So this is different from what he said earlier, which was, if you're running, like, don't ever come back. In this case, he's saying, you can run, but I will find you. I will always know where you are. Um, so I think at this point, just kind of cut between talking about the movie again, the character of Buddy played by John Hamm in this... Mm -hmm. I think is one of the more brilliant parts of the movie. Because one, as you said earlier, first off, we do see him straight at the beginning. Yeah. So he's there the entire span of this movie, basically. Mm-hmm. Him as a character. And we get the moments where he is 
kind towards Baby, and he tries to empathize mm-hmm. and relate to Baby, saying, I was also a wheel man. I had a certain song that I liked listening mm-hmm. to. They both jam out to Queen. They have this thing. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and you can see him as the parallel to Baby, yeah. in the sense of... of um, they're both the drivers at one point. Mm-hmm. They're in this life, even though maybe they could have had something better if he was, by happenstance, a Wall Street sort of right. white-collar kind of guy. Um, and then they have this woman that they love. And the parallel here is just that Buddy loses everything mm-hmm. and becomes, like, just super mad, angry. Like Darling said at one point, you don't want to see Buddy angry. Whereas Baby still has that and is fighting, yeah. he's, fighting he's fighting for it, whereas Buddy is now trying to avenge what he has lost. Yeah. So there's this parallel between the two characters that I just think is really brilliant mm-hmm. that uh, John Hamm just acts like excellent. I, John Hamm. so good. It, it's like such a shame that he doesn't have a bigger movie career than he does. It's true. Because he had Mad Men, which he was great as Don Draper in Mad Men. Love Mad Men. Um, uh, Mad Men took me like two times to actually watch fully. I started watching it, I think I got like a season through it, and then for whatever reason I stopped, and then I rewatched it at I one was point addicted. for all of it. Um, and John Hamm was great in that. John Hamm's great in like every other small thing that he shows up in, but I think this performance mm-hmm. might be like if you said Don Draper was his number one. This is probably number two for me. So good. Because he's just... You get the... You get the best of both worlds. You get his, like, lighthearted, sweet, nice side. Yeah. And then he can play a great villain. Yeah, he can be an asshole. (coughs) You really do get... He does so much with this character that it really does check all of the boxes. Yeah. Like you said, compassion, funny, empathy, anger, bitterness, vengefulness, all of it. And again, so you had Bats, Jamie Foxx, who felt like he was being set up to be like a final villain because he was just an asshole. He was just brash, angry the whole time. Mm -hmm. And it's great to kill him off. And kind of do a little swerve to be like, actually, it's going to be the guy you thought was sort of on your side. Yeah. Because Bats would have just been, like, the most generic person you could have gone with. Mm-hmm. <coughs> That's true. Excuse me. Um, so Baby and Deborah at this point, steal a car mm-hmm. at gunpoint from these two, like, wannabe gangster kids. It was really funny um, scene. Who ask if they can get their phone from him and he's like no because he's playing music yeah so after they steal the car they go back to the hideout Mm -hmm. where uh basically baby just wants his cassettes back and he gets there and he sees doc and he goes i want my tapes yeah or at least one specific tape and doc says no like you've got stuff that's potentially incriminating on there no i'm not gonna give it to you obviously he wants a very very specific one Yes, he just wants the one that says mother Ma- on it. Mom on it. That's um, it. And as Doc is just like, no, Deborah sort of walks in and he mm-hmm. kind of, you can kind of see in his face that he kind of re-evaluates the situation, realizing that 
shit has gone sideways. Obviously, he already knows that. Mm-hmm. That's why he's sort of packing up. But realizing that baby's just like trying to get out of town, so he's like, yeah. "Fine, take it. Have your have your tape." Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so. Um. I lost my thought <laughs> for a second. Um, it's it is it is interesting to see them realize that baby just he wants nothing to do with this he wants no um strings attached to any of them you know keep all of the tapes i just want the one and i just want out of this business and i want to leave yeah so i feel like they almost see that as betrayal in a way like oh you think that you can leave and you think that you can go have a great happy life with your girl and blah 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 and blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. So Doc lets him take the tape, and Doc is going with them up an elevator mm-hmm. to be like, okay, you just get out of here, take your tape, here you go, just leave. Um, you can kind of see at this point where you said maybe Baby sort of looked at him sort of fatherly, or mm-hmm. maybe he viewed himself sort of fatherly. Mm-hmm. I think this is the point where it kind of shows that, Yeah, is that he did, it wasn't just that he owed him money he used that clearly to have an excellent driver on his side Mm -hmm. but he did think that they'd had something a little bit like friendlier between that like there was something more with them so he's helping baby at this point and uh we see as they're doing that three of the cops who were at that shootout had survived Mm -hmm. and they had shown up and doc is like oh great doc just pulls out a shotgun and shoots all of them Mm -hmm. shoots them all down takes care of it and then we see another cop car showing up and doc's like leave i'll take care of this and baby's like that's not a cop um and this is where we see that it's actually buddy driving the cop car so he stole the cop car from the diner and he's kind of over the megaphone being like i'm baby i'm coming for you i'm gonna get you and doc is like i'll take care of this you leave and i don't know why he thought he could handle this or what the what exactly the thought process here was but he tries to shoot him with his gun through the windshield and buddy kind of does the movie thing where you just kind of duck to the side Mm -hmm. and he just runs doc over yep he just runs him over and doc is dead he gone I, John Hamm's character is so just filled with rage at this point. He's yeah. so distraught. He has crossed over the line to being a rational, insane, I don't care what happens, heartbreak kind of thing. Yeah, he was in love. He was in love. They took that from him. They did. Uh, things I do for love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Buddy's kind of chasing them. There's this whole scene of kind of a cat and mouse situation where Buddy and, and Deborah are uh, trying to run and hide while Buddy's sort of searching for them. And the whole time he's on the megaphone like, oh, Buddy, I'm or baby, I'm coming for yeah. you. You can't hide. I'm going to find you. And they kind of trick him where Deborah kind of stands out in the open and 
buddies sees her mm-hmm. and is getting ready to like run her over. Yeah. Or is it baby standing out in the open? I think it's her standing out in the open. I think so. I don't think I wrote that down. Um, but one of them stands out in the open as a decoy. And as he's going to ram, the other drives the car. It is Baby. Drives the car forward and kind of T-bones him mm-hmm. to try and push him off the edge of what at this point's like seven or eight floors up in this parking right. garage. And <clears throat> they manage to push the car over the edge. And everybody's kind of like... You know, a little bit celebratory, like, ooh, it went over the edge, awesome, um, that should be it, we shouldn't have to deal with anything anymore, but joke's on them, because Buddy got out of the car, and he's holding them sort of at gunpoint, right. or mostly Baby at gunpoint, um, and while he's doing that, Deborah comes up, she had found a crowbar in the back of the car, yeah. and she smacks the gun out of his hand and tries to like beat him a little bit and because the gun got knocked out of his hand baby um oh actually what happened right before that is he was holding baby at gunpoint while deborah was in the car and he goes uh he basically says i'm gonna make you watch as i kill her Mm -hmm. and he shoots his gun next to both of his ears yes basically making making them go deaf more or less i was so mad the first time that i saw that scene i mean i'm still mad but the fact that his character realizes that listening to music and his hearing uh is so important in his life for him to he shoot, wants to take everything he from. wants to take it from him, so he shoots his gun off literally right next to both of his eardrums, basically, yeah, taking, taking away that that one thing. Yep. So, ooh, oh, I'm enraged by it. So that's <laughs> that's where she then hits him with a crowbar, right. and while the gun's on the ground, baby grabs the gun, shoots him in the knee, and then, um. And he falls over the edge on top of the car, the police car that fell. Yeah. And then the car explodes. So Buddy is now dead. And it's it's so sad, too, because I know that we talked about it a couple different times, but it really was this roller coaster of his character being really great and then really shitty and then sort of okay and then terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sad that he went to that that end he he turned to the dark side and that's how his story ended uh then we see uh baby waking up in a car Mm -hmm. deborah's driving and they're just kind of on this road everything seems okay for a moment and but then they come to this bridge and she sees ahead of them a blockade a bunch of police blocking it off and she stops, and she's going to kind of reverse, but in the rearview mirror, you see other cops cutting them yeah. off, so they were found. And Baby basically tells her, I'm not running anymore, just you sit here, I'll handle it, and... <clears throat> He's basically saying, like, I will answer to the things that I've done. Yeah. Like, I have no problem with taking responsibility for being a part of something bad and criminal... And I want to make this right. Yeah, so Baby gets out of the car and surrenders. 
He gets arrested. Um, we do see him get put into prison, but we get to see during a trial that there were a lot of character witnesses for him, which is uh, Deborah saying nice things about him, <clears throat> the lady who worked at the post office saying nice things about him, like yeah. that he may have saved her life by trying to tell her not to go in yeah. there. Um, Joe obviously saying good things that he never wanted to hurt anybody. He just got in a shitty situation. <clears throat> and he's sentenced to 25 years in prison, mm -hmm. but the possibility of parole after five years. <clears throat> Jesus. I, I, I loved, I loved when the, um, the, the postal worker or whatever, um, yeah. testified. Cause it was one of those things that like, if you didn't notice it, like right off the bat, maybe you could have missed it. But I, I like that they paid attention to oh also the, the lady he stole the car from was like oh yeah he, he did but he then he gave me my, my purse and he also said he was sorry yeah he he took my car but he made sure that i had my purse and my money and he said he was sorry so yeah. that was really really great it was really oh, um, i love seeing those testimonies we also do get a reveal that his name is miles miles not baby but also as maggie very much went <gasps> Whenever it said miles, she equates the miles to driving a car yeah. and going so many miles in a car. I didn't get that the first time <laughs> around. I thought that was so cool. I was like, holy um, shit, miles. We get to see that Deborah writes to him in, while he's in, in jail. Uh, that's where it's revealed what his name is, Miles, because she's like, it's so weird to know your name is Miles, but <laughs> you'll always be baby to me or whatever. Yeah. And... Then we come to the end of the movie. And this, I'm going to ask you a question after saying this. Mm -hmm. We see, similar to the dream sequence we saw earlier, mm -hmm. uh, an image of Baby walking forward yeah. out of the prison to a like convertible car with Deborah sitting there in like a sundress yeah. and her hair all nice and done and whatever. And it starts off black and white mm -hmm. and becomes color. Yes. So, <clears throat> the end is essentially saying that he gets out, possible, probably on parole for being, like, a good kid or whatever. Yeah. Um, my question is, is that real, or is that a dream of his, is when I get out, she'll be there waiting for me? One million percent real. You think so? One million Is it because it fades into color? Yes. I think he absolutely would get out on good behavior early. <clears throat> but why would it start in black and white? Because it, it did start as something that he was wishing for, and then, and it, then it became and real. And then it became real. I guess and that I, makes sense. I could totally see her being there and, you know, getting him in a cool car, and she's all beautiful, and... They also smooch. They smooch. Yeah, totally real. <laughs> I don't want to hear any of it. <clears throat> okay. I mean, I, that was just my thing. Is I go, is this a dream or is nah, this real? This is I guess fading into color would mean that it that's what definitely is real. Yeah. That's what I think. And then that's, that's the end. That is the end of Baby Driver. That's the end. I think it's a really great ending <clears throat> for the story. I'm still really sad about John Hamm's character, but... As long as, as they got to, you know, kind of ride off in the sunset together, that is just, like, the quintessential romance. Yeah, I like a lot that this movie does. Um, 
like I said, the parallel between Buddy and Baby, I think, plays very, very well in the movie. Um, I think it does a good job of giving you enough sort of red herrings to be like, John Barenthal was kind of shitty at the beginning. You don't actually know if he's going to come back or not. Bats is fucking crazy the whole time, and he does seem like he's... We know he's willing to just kill anybody at any time. Yeah. Um, But then to have it be Buddy, and even though there's, like, these subtle placements of the parallel between the two of them, the comment of, like, you don't want to see Buddy when he's mad, all of those sort of things throughout is great. It's so great. And it's... I feel like I didn't catch onto those things the first time around. And the more... It's one of those movies. The more that you watch it, the more that you're picking up on these subtle little details. And then at the end, there's also the story itself deals with uh, the heroic uh, fatalism, which is right. uh, a dignified or graceful acceptance of one's circumstances in the face of personal disaster, up to or including you know mm-hmm. death. But in this case, it was Baby's journey was at the end. We see that he does accept going to prison, doing yeah. the jail time for his. Um, for his roles in these maybe one or multiple of these robberies is not 100% clear what all he's being charged for Um, I can't remember does he have uh, cochlear implants at the end for his hearing I don't think so I can't remember I know that it's I never noticed I I know that if I my hearing is already terrible and if someone shot your hearing is terrible my hearing is terrible if someone shot a gun next to my each of my ears, yeah, nope. yeah, done. I'll never hear anything ever again. <laughs> That's what happens after you turn thirty-five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You, start, you lose your hearing. That's when it starts. Uh huh. <laughs> um. So. I think. I think this might be my favorite movie that Edgar Wright's done. Yeah. Um, I don't think... I mean, I could understand saying, like, Shaun of the Dead. Those are really good um, movies. Or some people might even argue Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I like this better than Scott Pilgrim. But I think that this is definitely my favorite one. Yeah. It's an original thing that apparently he had worked on for two decades, that he came up with the idea when he was younger and then after he had started directing things and writing things he kind of evolved it over time so it was very much a passion project and it's just it it's, it's great it's so unique and i cannot <clears throat> picture anyone else playing baby than ansel elgort i feel like that was a prime top tier choice yeah for him yeah he nailed it so good the soundtrack to this movie is amazing. I listen to so many of the songs still to this day. And yeah, the 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 car sequences and the fight sequences are so well choreo- choreographed that it's like butter. It's like so smooth. They are very impressive car so scenes. Smooth. It's almost crazy to think like look, if if Fast and the Furious didn't exist, mm-hmm. Um, I could almost see a world where this film for car stunts mm-hmm. had the same 
impact as like John Wick did for action yes. movies. Because the stuff, the way it's that they so filmed smooth. some of the stuff that they did in this is really impressive. Yeah. And there's not many car things that I can think to do it. But when you think car movies, Fast and the Furious now has 11 films in its series, mm-hmm. um, if you count the Hobbs and Shaw movie. And those are just doing super unrealistic car things, yeah. while all of this stuff was mostly practical. Yeah. Practical effects. Practical driving and mm-hmm. stunt work, which is just super amazing. And I'd love to see more movies doing that. I think that would be really awesome. I loved it. I loved the acting. I, I The premise. All of it. I just love that movie. And you said that you, you were surprised that I picked it. Or you didn't. I, I, in a million years, I don't think I ever would have guessed that you would have chose this movie to watch. I don't know why you did. I don't know. I don't know what brought it up to your mind to do it, but that's fine. I don't know, but I'm happy that we did. <laughs> yeah, it's a great movie. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, please see it. Um, or if you have seen it, watch it again. Watch it again. Watch it again. It's great. It still holds up. Mm-hmm. I don't... Even if you gotta put on blinders for Kevin Spacey. And put put the blinders on. Because he's a... I don't know, I man. I didn't want to talk about it more, but I just... Like, my brain has no issues not... And this goes beyond, like, people like Kevin Spacey. Like, let's take Tom Cruise, for example. Mm-hmm. Would I like Tom Cruise personally as a person? No! Prob- probably not. He's crazy. Probably not. But... As an actor. I don't have any issue watching any movie yeah. that he's in and not seeing, oh, that's Tom Cruise. Like, if I watched Mission Impossible, yeah, he's Ethan in yeah. that. Like, I don't look at that and go, oh, look, there's Tom Cruise doing crazy Tom Cruise stuff again. I don't. I'm my, like I'm capable of going in, and that's not Tom Cruise. This is a completely separate thing. person. There's I. But I know people who are like, I'll refuse to see a movie because it, I don't like Tom Cruise. It's like, but that doesn't make sense to me. It just does not make sense to me. I feel really <clears throat> bad sometimes lately because of um, what's his name Masterson from that '70s show. Is it John Masterson? I don't know what his name is. Hyde from that '70s show. He's like yeah, he's going to prison. He's going to prison. But I used to love his character so much. You can still like the character. Yeah. The character is not him. Yeah, exactly. So I think there's there can be a difference. Almost. You'll um, have to pry seven out of my cold dead hands if you tell me to <laughs> never watch a movie with Kevin Spacey again. Oh, that's such a good movie. That is a really, really, really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other one? Or K Pax. Random shout out to K-Pax. I love K-Pax. I feel like... What's the one? We're going off on a tangent, Sorry. but K-Pax is like a fever dream to me. Is I'm it? pretty confident we saw that in, in theaters. I don't think I even knew who Jeff Bridges was at the time when we saw that movie. I love but that I movie. felt like for the longest time, I knew, who, I knew who Kevin Spacey was, but I felt like it was this weird fever dream of a movie <laughs> that didn't actually <laughs> exist where Kevin Spacey was an alien... <laughs> And I liked the movie, and forever I could not figure out what it was. And then one time, randomly, I saw, like, K-Pax, and I was like, I think that's the movie. For some reason, I used to get K-Pax, and what was that John Travolta movie? Phenomenon? 
I, have I used no to get idea. those confused so much. Also, wasn't wasn't it Kevin Spacey that was in, um, what's that movie like with the it's like the lineup, all the guys in jail, and <laughs> the Usual Suspects. The Usual yes. Suspects. That was yeah. him, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. love that movie. Terrible guy, but love the movie. Yeah, so it's. I also do I do a separation as well with um, Spider Man. I think certain character, well, I think certain actors either play Spider-Man very well, but aren't a good Peter Parker. Like, I have, like, a line, someone might be a great Peter, but not a good spider. That makes sense. Might be a great Peter, but not a good spider. It, that makes sense in my brain. <laughs> That's okay. <sighs> Anyway. Anyway, that was a random tangent. So yeah, there you sorry. go. How do you feel about <laughs> actors and separating them from things? <laughs> so thanks everybody for listening to another episode. I think this is number ten, nine. Couldn't tell you. Man, I can't keep track. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no idea. But thanks for listening. Um, you can always find more of our stuff on any of the platforms where they're streaming mm-hmm. um, podcast stuff. So Apple, Spotify, Podbean. I think it goes up on Stitcher, um, all those places, or YouTube. YouTube. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram at C-O-A-S underscore podcast, mm-hmm. uh, where we post a bunch of random stuff all the time. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see you next week for whatever my choice will be. It's going to be his choice next time. Yep. So we shall see what that is. We will see what it is. And depending on what time you're listening to this, Have a great morning, afternoon, or evening. Okay. Or week. All right. Or weekend. You have whatever you want to have. (laughs) Have the day you deserve. (laughs) Uh, But thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.